Welcome to La Casa Blanca Podcast. I am your host today, Brendan, here with my boy TT yet again. How are we doing today, TT? I'm doing good. How are you? You know, living the life, as usual. Um, So we have Real Madrid versus Girona. Real Madrid win 3-0, go top of the table after Barca drop points to Mallorca. Um, a Mallorca team that looked really bad, and then after the international break has looked very good as they they tied Rayo Vallecano as well, but it was a late penalty to Rayo, which gave them the draw. Um, but all that being said, Barcelona dropping points to a tough Mallorca team that will give us trouble as well as they always do. And we're top of the table. How do you feel about going top of the table? Uh, feels like we're back where we belong. But I think, in my opinion, we should have never dropped down in the first place, considering it's only been, what, 10 games? Uh, not even. Yeah. So, I think we shouldn't even have dropped down. It was an unfortunate game. It was a bad game against Atletico that led us there. But I'm glad we're back where we belong. And I hope we continue this form without making mistakes. Although I think the injuries might might as well, you know, go against us in the few upcoming games. But I just hope we get good results despite all the injuries and stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, always, it's always just, you know, taking it by a game and getting good results for me. Um, but, you know, something that's going to complicate getting points was that Nacho red card at the end. I mean... Yeah. What was he thinking? That was abysmal. He's the captain of the team during that game. He's one of the oldest players in the squad, one of the most tenured players in the squad. He's someone that normally we trust, and he essentially broke that trust with that tackle because that was fucking brutal. And it was stupid and unnecessary. And now... We're likely losing Nacho. They said I'd seen maybe three to four games on top of the red card. And you're just like, motherfucker. I think it was absolutely unnecessary. And it was, I think it goes without saying that it was completely, I don't know, out of spite. But I don't know. But I, I, there, was, there was no need for that tackle, even, you know, even though we were winning by 3-0. I just don't see that why in his right mind he thought that he should make that tackle and that was horrible. I think Nacho, uh, the more important thing is that he should realize that the situation Real Madrid is in right now. We don't have two of our uh, arguably better defenders. Uh, We were relying on him and he was our only choice alongside Rudiger. Um, Now... Even he's unavailable, so that leaves us with making a uh, going for a makeshift defense for our next game. So I think he's just put the team in somewhat of a pressure just because of that stupid mistake of his. And I think that is he should have. Uh, I mean, Ancelotti should scold him for that because you know, like I said, that was indirectly dam uh, damaging the team for the next game. Like, we don't have any other replacement. We'll we'll have to stick to a makeshift defense just because of his actions. So, I think he needs some scolding for that. 
And by next game, you mean next league game, um, because we play Napoli later today, um, which Nacho will be available for, thank God. But, you know, with Alaba's injury, it was really stupid. Um, because, like you said, it's going to be a makeshift back line. Uh, that being said, who do you think should play that center back role in the makeshift back line? I think uh, there's no better option than Ferran Mendy. I know that people are saying Chouamini as well. And I think Ancelotti might as well go with Chouamini, but I think Mendy is the most logical um, answer here because Mendy, we all know, even though if uh, certain fans don't like him, I think we can all agree that he's really solid defensively, even when he's not playing well. So I think he could help us in the centre-back position. Uh, and that would give Fran Garcia an opportunity to play on left-back as well. Or whatever, maybe Kamavinga, whatever Ancelotti has in, has in his mind. So I think we should go for Mindy and we shouldn't disturb Shuamini in from his position because he's been in absolutely incredible form, Aurelian Shuamini. And he's been absolutely key to our wins and our... Defense, he 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 helps our defense. He helps our midfield, and sometimes he does help our offense as well. So I think he's a very important midfielder right now, and I think removing him from that midfield would be a mistake. So, so you actually you said actually a couple, said couple things I want to touch on. Um, firstly, I, I think I, it should be Mendy too. Um, just because, even though I don't necessarily agree that even when he's in form, he's still, or when he's out of form, he's still good defensively, I'd go more with, like, solid. But that's neither here nor there. I don't think he's been as good defensively for the past couple of years, but he also hasn't been able to play consistently for that's the past true. couple of years. Um, so, you know, he's he kind of reminds me of, like, that Gareth Bale syndrome. Where, like, he gets injured, and then he comes back, and then it takes him a couple games to get going, and then he gets injured right when he starts getting going. Um, but I think Mendy should just be the center back. The one concern I have, and maybe you can touch on this if you want, um, is just our building out of the back is going to be significantly worse. and um. That's a huge concern um, because, you know, Alaba plays a huge part in our uh, breaking of a press. It's a concern to me that we may struggle breaking uh, opponents' presses with Mendy, Rudiger, Carvajal, and Fran or Kamavinga. Um, moving on from that, um, you did mention Kamavinga at left back. And I just want to touch on that, too. And, you know, you can just respond to whatever you like. Um, but Kamavinga got left back. I thought he played really well. But reports came out that the club and both Kamavinga don't like him at playing left back, which I tend to agree. Um, it seemed to be Kamavinga was forced there to fit Tony Cruz into the lineup which is quite annoying in a lot of ways because 
it's just you're appeasing to players based on legendary status rather than what helps the team. And we won 3-0, but the result wasn't as good as the performance, right? It it didn't feel like a 3-0 win. It you know, the XG was like 2.79 for us to 2.18 to them. So like a 3-2 would have been um worthy. Uh, and I'm not going to get into a lot of things right now because, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on Kamavinga at left back, how the score probably inflated Carlo's perception of it all. And, um, but something I will say, and just Mendy in breaking the press, but something I will say about it is like, it was a much better lineup than the saw we, than we saw against Atletico. Yeah, I would agree with you on that as well. I think when the lineup came out, we were on podcast together and we both agreed from that moment that that lineup actually looked decent. So I was kind of expecting a good game ahead. But you're right that, you know, the lack of goals conceded by us in that game uh, might have inflated Carlos some... Uh, he, uh, they, it might have inflated his ideas, ideas about how good he might have put the lineup, you know what I mean? But in reality, that wasn't the case defensively. We weren't that good in defense, but that scoreline may have made it seem like we were absolutely solid at the back, you know what I mean? So that would have inflated his perception. You're right about that. And talking about the defensive creativity or the creativity from the back, I think... If we start Kamavinga, I think we get that, I think, 60-70% creativity from him on the wing alongside Vinicius like we did last last season. I think Kamavinga can help us in that. But I think overall the defense would be in shambles if we're not careful with our with our choices with our starting players and starting defenders. And considering that we, we have Lucas Vasquez back on the right, I think I read somewhere that Carvajal is not available for tonight, if I'm not wrong. I hope that's not true. I don't remember, I, but I hope that's I not think true. I, I read it I've kind of stayed away from Twitter for the past couple days. I read it today, and someone was talking about Kilia versus Lucas Vasquez, and I was... I was kind of upset about it because, you know, since we're already making... We're already uh, short we're, in defense. Yeah, we're, we're already relying on a makeshift defense and then we're having Lucas Vasquez as right back. It's going to be one hell of a... It's going to be one hell of a night to watch that defense. Well, and we're yeah. in Naples. It's not like we're at the Bernabeu, you know? Exactly, like... exactly. And considering uh, that Ozimhen and Kualskilia have been in good form, not exactly Quartzkilia in this season. I've, I haven't heard a lot about him. But he scored a nice still, goal at the weekend, but that was about it. Exactly. He's still a good player and he has He's a very talent. good player. So I think we need to be extremely careful about the players that we choose in defense tonight. Yeah, and yeah. you know, something else I want to touch on, you know, and this was what I didn't want to get into in my little mini rant was the fact that we almost conceded twice in the first five minutes that produced super high XGs 
for Girona, and that's kind of where I believe their energy came from. But both were headers, which we're struggling with heavily right now. Um, so, like, if we were to go against, like, uh, a striker like Jose Lu, um, we would get our ass kicked. Thank God Osamen isn't that kind of striker. Um, but, you know, in La Liga, like, Mariki would cook us right now. We would get killed by Mallorca. Um, but both of those headers, Pamavinga was involved in, and just really super late tracking, um, which is concerning. And if Carlo, you know, I I saw Lucas Navarrete posted, um, a Lucas Navarrete posted a um, he posted a quote from Carlo over the summer. Where it was like, no, Kamavinga will not play left back. Um, he is a, um, he's a midfielder for us. Blah blah blah. So the first header came, Kamavinga didn't shut down the guy fast enough, and the second header came at Kamavinga's back post. Um, so that's kind of the concerning part about Kamavinga at left back, and you know that's how we dropped points against Atletico is we weren't shutting down those crosses. And we're and we're struggling marking guys in the middle, um, you know. In the first one, Rudiger pushes for a guy he probably didn't have to push to, um, and then Carvajal is covering there's a guy, and then Chuameni. I guess they expect to cover him, but he's a little step slow. Um, and the guy gets a free header, and it just goes over the bar, if I remember correctly. Um, and it was just over the bar. And then the other one, um, you know, guy, Miguel Gutierrez hits a ball to the cross post where no, you know, again, a free cross and it's at Kamavinga's back post where the guy makes a run behind him and he's a step behind. And it just, you know, it goes to show that this dude is not adept to playing left back defensively because in possession, you know, he's not really playing left back. He's kind of playing like a left uh, midfielder, which is his best role. So are we really surprised that he has succeeded in that and giving Vinicius help? You know, because he's essentially playing as a left midfielder or a wide mid or whatever you want to call it. And he can invert himself um, when Vinicius decides to go down the wing and he can overlap when Vinicius cuts in. So, like, he brings a lot of... um differentials to the offensive uh, attack. I think, yes, Kamavinga's uh, abilities as a midfielder, the creative abilities, they help him a lot when he's attacking alongside Vinicius and when he's up front. And as you said, when he's inverting, I think I will agree with you on that. Like, it helps our gameplay and our creativity a lot. And I think it helps Vinicius a lot as well. So I think if we are going for a makeshift um, backline, I think Kamavinga should start left back. Yeah, yeah I just I would just prefer would... either Mendy or Fran Garcia in the long term of things. And I know neither of them are actually that good at defending the back post. Um, but, you know, a lot of people were so high on Kamavinga's performance in general. Um, just because and I, I think it's because they're looking at it in a vacuum. It, but they're only looking at it in a vacuum of, like, 
the moments they liked. Because let's be honest, Kamavinga is a huge fan favorite. Um, and both those defending mistakes happen in the first five minutes. So, you know, people tend to forget what those five minutes were. But they were bad. And it just showed that he's not actually a left back. Um, moving on, you know, we can move into the midfield. Because um, I don't really think there's anything else we need to talk about in defense unless you want to talk about something. Um, no, I think, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, just, you know, uh, midfield was Chuameni, Cruz, Fede, and Bellingham. And Bellingham didn't really play his 10 role. He kind of seemed to play like, in LCM, it didn't seem to be like a diamond. It seemed to be like a double pivot of Cruz to a many, um, like a LCM of Bellingham and a RCM of Fede. Um, and, you know, again, in a big game, Carlo changes what he's trying to do to fit Tony Cruz into the lineup. And it's just frustrating. If you want to fit Tony Cruz, you have two healthy left backs. It was bullshit. His, I don't know if you saw his reasoning. He said, oh, we were giving Mendy rest. But you have Brandt. And, like, he gave tactical reasons for starting Kamavinga, and I don't disagree with the tactical reasons. But is Kamavinga a left back or a midfielder? You're asking me that? I think... Obviously, he's a midfielder, and uh, the season that we won our UCL, I think we should, if we are ever having doubts about that, we should go back to that season and watch his highlights of that season, his creativity, his um, passing. It is uh, absolutely crucial, and, you know, he was quite crucial in our campaign. I think even though he came on as a sub in a lot of the games, but he was absolutely crucial. Even... In the World Cup final, I think, you know, I saw his creativity and it completely changed France's game as well. But that's irrelevant. I think there's no argument that he's a proper midfielder. And I think his diversity of uh, and his ability to play in multiple positions, just because he's so good in certain aspects of his of the game, I think that allows him to be, uh, if not the, the best a decent left back, you know what I mean? But I think he should, uh, if if we have a choice, then he should definitely start in midfield. But I think tonight we do not have a choice. So I wouldn't want anyone else starting left back rather than Kamavinga. And I mean, we do have a choice, though, because you have Fran or Mendy. You know but, what I mean? But I think, I don't think Carlo is going to go with Fran and Mindy in the same back. No, I don't line. think so either. But that's the annoying part. You know what I mean? That, like, the club went and bought a left back because we needed a left back because Kamavinga played left back all last season. And now we have two left backs, and now Kamavinga's still playing left back. You know what I mean? It's just frustrating yeah. from a fan perspective. And, like, I get what I get what Carlo is trying to do. And I don't necessarily have a problem with it. It's just, why bring in a left back if you were just going to play Kamavinga there anyway? And the thing is, the only reason he's, and I guess my issue with it all is the, the reasoning of playing Kamavinga there. 
it's to fit Tony Cruz in the lineup. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, back to just the midfield. Uh, Chuameni actually gets his first Real Madrid goal. It's kind of weird that it's taken him that long. And it didn't seem like he hadn't scored with Real Madrid yet. Um, but I think that's because we constantly see him scoring with France. Like, every international break, he scores at least one. Um, it seems like he's wasting all of his goals in friendlies for France, I guess. Um, but, you know, uh, Chuameni's been wonderful this year, and I can't really have any complaints. Um, and even Tony Cruz, I can't complain about Tony Cruz's uh, play. Um, it's it, you know, people are always like, he's our best midfielder, he's our best midfielder, he's our best midfielder, and that's fair. You you can make the argument he's our best midfielder, but you know, something I will say about it is that you can be the best midfielder in the world, but if you don't fit the system, then you don't fit the system. You know what I mean? Like, and sadly, he just doesn't really fit the system we're playing right now with, like, the high octane, the press, and, like, he's an anomaly within a system of just a team that works hard. Yeah, so any thoughts on Chuameni or Cruz's performance? I think, obviously, I talked about Chuameni a minute, couple of minutes ago. I think he's been absolutely fantastic this season, and I'm glad that he got his Real Madrid goal. Um, moving on to Cruz, I think there is um, multiple opinions and multiple, you know, thoughts about Tony Cruz this season. Uh, I think he had a decent game. I'll I'll be honest. I think I didn't think that it was a wrong decision or a mistake to start him. So I think he went on with the game pretty well. Uh, but yes, I think that it's quite clear that. His game is quite declining, but he's still managing to stay above par. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Talking about the midfield, what do you think that uh, what midfield would Carlo or what would you want to line up against Napoli? Um, I don't really have much of an opinion, to be honest. It kind of depends on what he does with the center-back situation, first and foremost. Um, I have a feeling he's probably going to go with Chuameni and then put Mendy at left-back. That's kind of my gut feeling. Um, so that leaves probably Cruz as a DM, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, probably, like, he'll probably go, like, Cruz, Modric, Bellingham, Fede, and drop Kamavinga or something, would be my guess. I think, in my it opinion, like a very I agree. Carlo thing to do. Yeah, you know? I agree like with like you. I think he's, he is going to start Cruz and Modric. I think it's quite evident, I think, in my opinion. But, Even though they, they lost us the game against Atletico. Yeah, so I think he still prefers that in the big games or in the Champions League game. So... I'd be surprised if he doesn't start them both. And the main question would be, who does he start alongside um, Cruz and Modric? Would it be Valverde or, you know? Valverde, Kamavinga, or Bellingham. And you think think Bellingham's a lot. Yeah, Um, there's no doubt about Bellingham. So it really comes down to, and even if, 
Kamavinga is playing left back, then it comes down to Valverde or Chouamini. What do you think? I mean, I think I think Bellingham is actually the. Uh, I think Fede is actually the most crucial midfielder we've had this season. So I think I think Fede is going to start. I would agree um, with you I, on that because uh, I, I think, think Kamavinga has kind of got the short end of the stick this season, unfortunately. Not necessarily his fault, but I feel like he's gotten the short end of the stick. I'd agree with you on that, but I think if we're starting a Cruz Modric lineup. So I think it's absolutely crucial to have Valverde alongside them doing all the hard work, you know what I mean? Going up and down the pitch. Oh, I know. I just I just, I just hate it. <laughs> you know, like it's like it's like just like the Michael Scott stuff. It's just like <laughs> you just hate it. <laughs> when Michael's like, I hate it, I hate it, you know, like and like I it's like when with Toby and he's like, Cause I hate him and you know, like when uh David Wallace asked for cause uh, you know, it's just it's it's just like that every single Real Madrid game. It's just Carlo just does it, doesn't give an explanation. It's just like because I love them, them both. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of fucked up when you think about it because people are like, like certain fans are like, stop disrespecting our legends. It, they're like, it's disrespectful to not play them because they're legends. And it's really just disrespectful to the other players that are playing well and working yes, hard. That's true. That's true. That they're not playing. The players that's the that true are actually disrespect. Yes. It's disrespectful to the fans. I would take uh, I would take another point out of the statement that you just said. I think coming on to the forward line, the attack, I think it would be disrespectful to the others if we start Rodrigo once again. And I oh, think he's gonna that's, start. Yeah, exactly. I think that's most likely going to be the case that he's gonna start. So I think it's disrespectful to Jose Lu, to Brahim, because Rodrigo has been absolute dog shit. He's and, been the fourth best attacker we've had this year. And we only have And it's, it's not, not even, even close. close. Jose Lu's actually been our best attacker and he's gonna find bench, which is ridiculous. I think I think so too, because you know, I think that's quite um disrespectful to us as well, because as uh, supporters, we want the best lineup. We want the best lineup in a game like this. So putting Rodrigo would just be disrespectful overall. Uh, but I'm I I just hope that he makes something of the opportunity that Carlos gonna give him. And what do you think about Nacho you know, gonna start today? By the way, I don't know why we were playing like Nacho was gonna start today. He's not suspended today. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nacho and Rudiger. I don't know why. I just I don't know what we were thinking to be quite Wait, honest. Isn't, so, isn't Alaba back? I think he uh, is. he might be. I haven't checked. Like I said, I haven't checked Twitter at all. Um, I'll go right now and look at the squad list. Um. Come on. It's so annoying, bro. Just give me to the fucking account. Squad list, squad list, squad list, squad list. Uh, nope. Just telling us. I think... Do you, uh, do you think that we're missing our best center-back, Edwin Militao, these days? Um, I don't really think so, to be honest. I was thinking last game we might have been, but I just think that we've just been poor defensively overall. I don't really think it's been a um. What's the word I'm looking for? I wouldn't really think that Millie Tao comes in and our problems get fixed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. 
Um, let's see. No. Carvajal, Nacho, Lucas Vasco, Fran Garcia, Rudiger, Mendy, and Carrillo. Whoever the fuck Carrillo is. Actually, I, he's with Castilla, but but he's traveling with the squad. Um, also, uh, you know, we were talking about disrespect. I think it's pretty disrespectful that Brahim, after the game he had, came on in the 87th minute when Rodrigo came on yeah. in like the 60th. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I think it was, I think uh, making the last five minute substitutions uh, overall disrespectful because I think it's just pity minutes. You know what I mean? It's just the pity minutes. Like, oh, you're on the bench to go play two or three minutes in this, you know? It's just like, I think it's just pity minutes if you understand what I'm saying. But. I think it's better. Yeah, why Rodrigo? Doesn't... If you're gonna, if you're using the match to rest Rodrigo, I think there's bias. Why put uh, him on for thirty minutes? Like it's just ridiculous. Definitely, there's bias in Carlo Ancelotti's plans because he probably he obviously prefers Rodrigo, and I think he, um, Carlo Ancelotti, that's arguably his second favorite attacker after Vinicius Rodrigo. So, I think he does deal with bias when he's subbing on Rodrigo and I think it's unfair and disrespectful to others, Jose Lu and Brahim and yeah. Um, you know, and Danny Ceballos got pretty good minutes. I would actually be okay with him starting today too. I I would like to Honestly, see Danny yeah. Ceballos get some minutes. I don't know that Danny Ceballos is a quality player, but I don't I just don't see him being a starter in this team. I think uh how he used Kovacic, if you remember. Yeah. To bring on energy in the team and you know so I think he's not going to be a starter in this team I'm talking about a solid starter I think he can start uh, against the bottom tables like when we put out our B squad or something like that but no doubt no doubt he's a very crucial player and he's a very good player and he's been providing a lot to the team recently but I think he's just going to be that um, that 60 minute sub that you let uh, let him play 30 minutes to do his thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, I just... um, I disagree in that. I think Ceballos is good enough to be a starter here, no, actually. No, he surely is, but I don't think that Carlo will. I, just, I don't think in I'm... this squad um, yeah. he's good enough to be a starter. I just... The I just, one thing I like yeah, about like Danny Ceballos that I will say is that he brings something completely different to what anybody, any other midfielder we have other than, like, Tony Cruz. And the moment Tony Cruz leaves, I think if he stays, Danny Ceballos' minutes will go up so much. Um, yeah, that's you know, true. And, and just the last talking point is that I want to talk about Jose Lu and give this guy the flowers he fucking deserves. Um, he's, like... I want to say like third or fourth in La Liga in scoring, only started playing because Vinicius got hurt and has really taken his role in the squad. And I think it's been much better than people expected, except for the people that were pro Jose Lu. Um, and I think that's because a lot of people got so accustomed to the way Benzema plays. And they were like, nah, no way a Jose Lu will work. And, like, the thing is, Jose Lu as a striker, like, as a nine, is actually a fantastic nine. 
you know, like he goes up, he gets headers, he holds up play, he is good in the box, you know, like, and I just think our fans didn't realize how successful um, the signing would have been. I think a we nine both, would have been yes. like a real nine, something, something that, that I have, I been, have been saying been. for years. That I'm like, yes, go get Colin fucking Bappe because go get someone that's gonna be in the box. Because yes. especially against lower La Liga teams, I would always complain and be like, we have no one in the box. It's really easy. To, it's really hard to break down a low block when you have no one to give the ball to in the box. And like, you know, under Zidane, it worked because you know. We would have Cristiano and Bale in the Bale, box, yep. and you know they would just win headers all day. And also, um, super freak Benzema athletes. wasn't playing like he used to play after Zidane. He was uh, mostly in the box, if not you know in the tap-in position. But because we had back then Isco and James doing the work for Benzema, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he was mostly not doing his number nine stuff. Oh, the number ten stuff that he was doing after Zidane. You know what I mean? Like dropping low and the false nine, and you know what I mean. I mean, he so, always dropped low, but like it but was more evident much. when he left yeah, because exactly. he he like took Cristiano's touches. Yes. Let's let's just call a spade a spade. Like you know how Cristiano would just be like, I want to touch, and then. He would touch the ball, pass it back to the person that gave it to him, then go back up the pitch. Like it was like, okay, that was fucking pointless, but like whatever. That was Benzema. Benzema was just kind of working in the half bases more than he used to. Um, which in Vinicius was a touch line winger, and Rodrigo was like an inverted forward, and we had no box presence for like three seasons. Which in La Liga is killer. In the Champions League, it can do fine because. People play high lines, um, and the fact that people play high lines can you can exploit that by having him drop in. But you know, um, I think we it's both just, when... it's nice to have a different kind of nine. And a lot of people were like, and I don't mean to cut you off. This is the last thing I'm going to say. This, a lot of people were pro Mbappe, saying that he was like Benzema, um, and that was the reason. And to me. Jose Lu is just proving that you don't need a Benzema esque nine to be successful at Real Madrid. Yes. Um, my point was that, you know, when we did our pre game uh preseason podcast and we were talking about how Jose Lu and how we could expect him to impact uh Real Madrid and our squad, I think we both agreed that, you know, we would expect him to be in the box when needed and I think by the end of the season, if he gets like 20-ish goals, I think he would be called a successful signing. And that's exactly what he's doing right now. He's on his way uh, with like, I don't know, five or six he's goals right now. Yeah, he's five, got five. five yeah, goals he's got right one now. in the Champions League and four in the league. So I think we can expect, I think it's not a bold statement if we if I say that we can expect 20 goals from him, you know what I mean? So I think he's well uh, on his way to achieve 20 goals. And I think he's been a Decent, if not one of the best strikers in our squad. Uh, I mean, attackers. And I think that... He's probably been the best attacker, to be honest. And that's only because of a lack of uh, Vinicius to be yeah, within the that's, squad. that's true. But I think he's been a good signing so far. And I would 100%... And he's only on loan, best yeah. of all. He's only on do loan. You, he's only do, on loan. Do you reckon that we could potentially sign him by the end of the season? 
Uh, I do. I do, especially considering, like, Endrick hasn't really been uh, performing or even playing um, in Brazil. Um, And so I think Real Madrid might take it into their own hands and be like, look, Endrick, like, your third choice. Um, No problems that your third choice, but your third choice. Um, And I, I would be super okay with that. I think I would be too because, you know, I honestly, with the uncertainty around the Mbappe situation, I wouldn't, you know, say that we we would, I, I can't say for sure that we would not need a striker by the end of the season in case we're letting go of Jose Lu. So I think signing Jose Lu could be beneficial to us and he's been absolutely spectacular. Okay, and then the last point I want to talk about is just uh, Vinicius. I, I want to say Vinny in the game and a half he's played or yeah let's just uh, yeah it's, uh, it's been about 90 minutes let's just say a game and a half though it's been two games um i think vinicius has actually you know been something we've missed a ton and it just proved my thought process i don't know if i actually went on the record saying this but i'm pretty sure i have because i'm pretty vocal about my thoughts whether people think it's stupid or not um just the fact that I think Vinicius and Jose Lu is probably our best front too. And Vinny has transformed the offense. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that Bellingham scored with Vinicius on the field. Yeah, that's all I want to say about that, really. I don't think I need to expand on it. I just think that Vinny is super important for the success of this team. And he should not be overplayed because he is super important. But he just proved that we were missing so much. And, you know, I just got to say that it's super disappointing for the Rodrigo supporters. Um, the fact that Vinicius was gone for seven games or whatever, five games, whatever it was. And Rodrigo did not score a single goal despite. I think everyone believing it was yeah, Rodrigo's time to shine. I get what you're saying. Basically, Rodrigo's haram ball made us realize the importance of Vinicius. He had won again, one, uh, once again. And I think it did make us miss Vinicius. And now that he's back, I think we're all happy that he's back. And so, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and it's not even, it's not even, it's just not even like, I'm not even taking Rodrigo into the account about the Vinicius stuff, you know, but Vinny just opens up so much space for others because other teams have to key in on him because he's just such a fantastic dribbler. Um, and he can cause so much damage, especially if you don't like double team him or, um, you know, try to shut him down properly. Um, you know, it's really difficult for another team. And, you know, something I will say also is that, uh, you know, if they're double teaming Vinicius, it opens up space for Bellingham, and not only Bellingham, but it opens up a lot of space for Jose Lu too. Yeah, you know, and Jose Lu. Jose Lu takes on like four guys in the box and somehow still wins headers. <laughs> so that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That Jose Lu having space is absolutely crucial and very, you know, it's very beneficial for him and for us that you know we're giving Jose Lu some space and even Bellingham. Uh, provides a, um, gives him a lot of space. So I think Vinicius, Bellingham, Jose Lu, this is our best front three, even though Bellingham doesn't, you know, count as 
an attacker, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm still like pro Rodrigo Vinicius in like a big game with a high line, but the problem is is let's just say 90% of the games we play, the other team's not going to play with a high line. You know, they're going to play in a lower block and whatever. And, you know, the problem is, is Jose Lou in a counterattacking system, we don't really know how that's going to work. Um, I think we could use 4-3-3 if we are to use, like, Vinny, Jose Lou, and Rodrigo against the high block teams or, you know, the important teams. I think that would okay work with Fede. Well. I'd be okay with Fede back on the right wing. You know, I've said it. Yeah, a I'd times. be fine with that too because you I'm know, not against it. I don't love it, but like, because like we see how important he is in the middle. As long like, as he's it so works, right? Driving through the middle, but you know, as long as we win games, I really yeah, can't. Yeah, as long as it works. At the end of the day, right? That's really all that matters to me. At the end of the day, is the success of the club. You know, like. I want it to be pretty always. I want it to be how I see football to be played. You know, I want it to be with the players that I like. But, like, at the end of the day, if our squad is, like, Lucas Vasquez, Mendy, fucking, I don't know. Those are really the only players I dislike. Um, I guess Cruz and Modric at this point, if we win games, like, who am I to complain? The problem is, is that winning games with said players, like, you know, like if you if let's say you start Luka Modric and Tony Cruz today, and Real Madrid win, then Carlo now has in his mind, oh, see, they still can win, and then that whole army is going to come out and be like, see, look, we still can win without with them, and then you're just kind of like, are you forgetting every other game that has happened up to this point, or are we just going to forget that? Like you um, said, Carlo gets very deluded with his perception. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Any other talking points? Uh, I think that's all from my side. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for joining me, TT. Um, I hope we win today, as always. I hope so, uh, too. So thank you guys. Thank for you listening. for having me. Yes, thank you. Always. Um, thank you guys for listening to La Casa Blanca podcast. Go follow us on Twitter. Um, Instagram, TikTok, share with some friends, and you guys all have a wonderful day, and hopefully we get this dub against Napoli, and Hala Madrid not a must.